Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. attention to a story that you are familiar with has been preached on no telling how many times but one that will continue to be preached on multiple times first Samuel chapter 17 I've come with a mission today to tell you that giants still die giants still die say that with me giants still die First Samuel, Samuel chapter 17 and verse 45. And again, I, I, I stand here today and I'm so thankful and honored to, to get to do what the Lord has called me to do. It is, it is, it is something, amen, that I, I, I certainly don't want to ever take for granted. Amen, that I get to serve my gift to you. I want to feed you. I want you to be a well-fed group of, of sheep. Amen. And has, hasn't our ministry staff around here been doing a tremendous God job feeding? Amen. Let's give all of our preachers a great big hand. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Um, Brother David is going to be preaching tonight. Pastor Timothy was on schedule, and I asked him, I said, can I tag in today? Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 45. Then said David to the Philistine. Then said David to the Philistine. Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. The God of the armies of Israel. Whom thou hast defied. This day, this day, will the Lord deliver thee into my hand, and I will smite thee and take thy head from thee. I'll give the carcass of the host of the Philistines this day, and the fowls of the air, and to the wild beast of the earth, and of all, all the earth may know that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with the sword and spear. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, we come to you today thanking you, Lord Jesus, for this opportunity, Lord. I pray, God, that you would bless, Lord, this time of your word to our hearts. Lord, I'm asking you, God, that you would take us into a place, Lord, where we, we learn more about this, this thing called spiritual warfare, that we continue to press, Lord, forward. I, I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help me, Lord, today as I, I, I have the, the privilege of serving this today. I pray, Lord, that it be a blessing to your people. In Jesus' mighty name, let everybody say Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. Let me take a few moments today and unpack for us one of the most famous battle scenes of all times. 
It's not a battle that is listed by a place like Waterloo, Bull Run, or Normandy, or a name by a place, but rather it is a name by two people because it really wasn't a battle over marching masses or a conflict of army against army. It was rather a duel of two men, man to man. We find that this story is, is rehearsed over and over, but let's talk about David and Goliath for a moment this morning. You have a grizzled warrior against a teenage shepherd boy. What are you going to put your money on? You have the, the champion of champions and a pimple-faced teenager. You have an indignant idolater against a passionate worshiper of Jehovah. It is the consummate story of good versus evil, right versus wrong, big against little. So it comes down to man, 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 and teenage man. That doesn't seem fair to me. Who's going to prove to be the hero in this story? The Philistine giant was impressive. He was imposing. David wasn't even old enough to be drafted in the army. The giant had all the resumes. The giant had all of the history of the victories and he looked good and he was impressive to, to the point that the Bible takes time to describe the giant to us. Goliath, his name, it, 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 its name means to strip bare or, or to disgrace. It means to hold captive someone that is stripped and you just, you just take them captive. The, this giant doesn't just show up to whip his opponent. He wants to embarrass his opponent. He wants to cause shame to his opponent and disgrace him. Amen. The giant comes, uh, I believe, into our life today. The spiritual giants that we face comes with the same intention, not just to beat you and leave you alone, but to make you feel beaten and ashamed and, and your dignity is gone and, 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 and the, there's no reason to fight again. When we begin to look at Goliath, his measurements are menacing. We find that the Bible says his height was six cubits and a span. Uh, according to most commentator, commentators, uh, the, the word cubit is about 18 inches. The measurement of a cubit is about 18 inches. Therefore, he was somewhere around nine feet, nine inches tall. That's a big man. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us how little David was. But I can't imagine that he was very, very tall. We find that the Bible gives us the description of his armor. He had a helmet on his head made of brass. He was armed with a coat of mail, a coat of mail formed of plates and brass overlapping each other like the scales of a fish or, or uh, 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 tiles of a house. His coat of mail went from his shoulders to his knee and the Bible said it weighed about 5,000 shekels of brass. That means not only is this nine foot, nine inch giant big, but he's carrying on his body 
200 pounds of armor. Somebody say that's impressive. He had beyond that, he had greaves of brass on his legs and a target of brass between his shoulders. He was covered in a great armor. This was evidently some type of shield that was on his back that he could pull off and use as a weapon as well. And not only was he so bad that he was carrying all of this, but he had to have another person carry his shield. He had another man that was his shield bearer. Amen. He was a shield carrier. So so everywhere around him, he's got a guy. How'd you like to have that job? Your job is just to carry the shield. His weapons, the Bible says the staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron. That meant that the head of his spear weighed somewhere between 20 and 25 pounds. Man, can you imagine a man that could even throw that with accuracy? And could, What would it do to a person if it hit them? And That's impressive. That, that's, that's some major weaponry. Not only did he have uh, uh, his armor, his shield bearer, and his helmet, and his spear, and his sword, but he had a reputation. We find that the champion uh, here had a, had a unique uh, air about him. He was a hired gun, if you please, He was a mercenary that they went out and got to come and to intimidate the enemy. His size, his armor, his weapons, his reputation, and his voice that boomed for 40 days and 40 nights, amen, was meant to intimidate. I want to tell you today, we are still in a spiritual warfare right now. And the main thing the enemy wants to come to you is show you how impressive he is. He wants to show you how better than you he is. He wants to show you that whatever it is you're dealing with is bad. It's big. It's harsh. Amen. Whatever that situation is, it's intimidating. Amen. And so Goliath stood and cried out to the armies of Israel and said, why are you come to set your battle against us? Am not I a Philistine and ye the servants of Saul? Choose you a man for you. Let him come down to me. And if he be able to fight with me and kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then shall ye be our servants. And the Philistine said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that that we may fight together. Every day, 40 days, morning and evening, coming out, lifting up his voice. And he must have had a voice that was intimidating because everybody was hiding behind the rocks and hiding behind the trees. Amen. For the word of Defy means to taunt, to taunt, to challenge, to combat. Forty days and forty nights, amen, defying, uh, taunting, intimidating, scary words, scary voices, nerve-wracking, bullying talk. It's coming out of his mouth, and, and here comes David. I about got that, didn't you? Too young to fight. Sent by his fathers to bring bread and cheese to his brothers and 
David wasn't coming to make a scene. He was coming to serve his, his, his brother some food. He wasn't there to fight. He didn't come to fight. Amen. Perhaps he may have witnessed a few small skirmishes around, but he was coming. Uh, the Bible said in, in 1 Samuel 17 and 20, and David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with the keeper and took and went as Jesse had commanded him, and he came to the trench as the host was going forth to fight and shout for the battle, for Israel and the Philistines had put the battle in array, army against army, and David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and saluted his brothers, uh, you know, running in, high five, what's up, you? what's up, brother? How y'all doing? What's going on? And everybody's, what are you doing here, David? What's going on with you? He came and saluted his brothers. And verse 23 says it. And he talked with them. And behold, there came up the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, out of the armies of the Philistines and spake according to the same words. And David heard them. And David heard them. Praise the Lord. Did you have that up? David heard them. Everybody say, David heard them. What, what the first thing that got David's attention is that David heard the words of the enemy. David heard the words of the enemy. That's how the enemy comes to you. You may not hear it in an audible voice. It may not come to you in a printed form or a visual form, but it'll come to your mind. The enemy works on you with words. Words in your head. Words in your mind. Words in your heart. Words that this is happening and that is happening and this is going to happen and that's going to happen. If you don't come, give me a man to fight. I want to fight you. Amen. It's words, words, discouraging words, conflict, uh, words of conflict, words that, that make you want to, you know, run behind a tree. And David heard the same words, saw the same giant. Amen. But he came with a new perspective. He came with a new mentality. David never seen anything like this before. Look at that, his armor, his size, his weapons, his words, his voice, he's big. Look at 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 24. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were sore afraid. And listen to what they said. The men of Israel said, have you seen this man? Have you seen this man? Have you, have you seen that problem? Have you seen that issue? Have you seen that situation? Have you seen how bad it is? Look how impressive it is. But I want to tell you when something gets a hold of you called faith to fight, you look past the giant and you look past the impressiveness of his size and you look past his words and you look past what the doctor says and you look past what the lawyer says and you look past what the teacher says and you look past what your accuser says and you look past what your checkbook says and you look past it and you begin to see giants do die. Giants still die. 
have you seen him? You pick up the reading in 1 Samuel 17 and 25 again. It says, and this is what they said. It shall be that the man who killeth him, the king will enrich him with great riches and give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. Now they had just said, have you seen this man? But then they continued by saying, and the one that gets him is the one that his family no longer has to pay taxes. He's going to be rich. They're going to give him a princess to marry. You know what? David was just cocky enough in his, his faith to say, oh. So the one that takes that giant down is the one that's going to get all that stuff. The one that kills that giant gets everything that you're talking about. Yes, yes. Somebody say when the battle's over. When the battle is over. When the battle is over. When this battle is over. When this war is over. What do I get? What I get on the other side. I want to tell you, you got to quit looking at your giant and start looking about what happens when he dies. What happens when the victory comes. Amen. Amen. It may look like it's not going to happen to you. It may look like the devil's still fighting after you, but somebody's got to rise up and say, I want, amen, my victory on the other side of the giant. Verse 26, and David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to this man that killeth the Philistine and taketh away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him after this manner. They had already said it and they repeated again. David's focus immediately changes from the brass on his shoulders from the sword hanging on his side, from the shield that his armor bears carrying, he changes from seeing the spear to seeing what happens when you get the victory. What shall be done? You know, when we begin to study the story, there is no mention that David ever says anything about the size of Goliath. There's no comments about his armor. There's no discussion about his champion record. Don't tell me about what he is. What what has he done? David says, tell me about what happens when the battle's over. Can I tell you, MPC, this is what we got to start praying for and thinking about. What are we going to be doing when the battle's over? Maybe you ought to start practicing right now what you're going to be doing after your battle is over. Maybe it's a good time to act like you're going to act when the battle is over. Maybe it's a good time to say, I'm going to do this because I know giants still die. I'm going to believe this. And David goes down and picks up five smooth stones. Let let me backtrack a little bit. Uh, Because David not only faced a giant, he faced limitations that was put on him by others. His family said he couldn't do it. Saul said he couldn't do it. And the giant said he couldn't do 
it. Amen. I want to tell you, you don't have any limitations put on you by anybody else. Hallelujah. You serve the Lord of lords and King of kings. So he picks up five smooth stones. You know the story? I've heard all kinds of things talked about. Why the five stones? And You know, five stones. Brother Mike, that means grace. So we'll pick up grace. Five stones, that means Jesus. So I'm going to pick up Jesus. Five stones because he's got four brothers. I, I, maybe I'm just a little bit simple in my thinking. I think he got five stones in case he missed. What was he saying? I'm going prepared. Because I know I can get all five shots before he ever gets to me. I know I'm not just going to take a one little prayer. The one little prayer can do it. But if I have to have a two and I have to have three and I have to have four and I have to have five, I'm going prepared. I'm going prepared. I'm not going to put it in one verse. I'm going to have me a pocket full of verses. I'm not going to do it with one statement. I'm going to have a repertoire of statements. Yes, sir. Praise God. He went prepared. Let's pick up the reading in verse 42. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth and ruddy and a fair countenance. A pretty boy, huh? You're sending me a pretty boy. A pretty boy. And the Philistine said to David, am I a dog? You come to me with staves and stones and sticks. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, come to me. I'll give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and the beast of the field. Then David said to him, you come to me with what looks impressive. You come to me that looks like it should win. You come to me what looks like should be my undoing. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Amen. Good morning, giant. I'm coming to you in something that you cannot throw a spear at. I'm coming to you in something that you can't swing your sword at. Devil, I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord that you cannot overcome. You cannot get the victory over. So I come in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. And this day, this day, I'm going to deliver Israel today. Today is the day we're going to make a mark in the ground. Amen. I'll take care of you and I'm going to get blessed and I'm going to be rich and I'm going to get a princess on the other side. Verse 50 says, so David prevailed. Somebody say prevailed. Over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But David didn't have a sword. Now he already said, I'm going to cut your head off. He told the giant, I'm going to cut your head off and he had no sword. That's a bad, bad young man. That's a man that 
David ran, knocked him down, and took his own sword, took the Philistine's own sword, and cut off his head. There is something I want to share with you today is that in this battle that you're fighting, in this battle that we feel that we're dealing with right now, there's going to be moments and times when you don't feel victorious. That's me. Been there. Don't feel, Brother Bobby, victorious. I don't feel like things are going my way. I don't feel like I can whip that giant. But I'm not going to give him an ounce of credit. There might have been a little bit in David that says, you're crazy, boy. You're an ignorant young whippersnapper. But there was something that rose above his feelings and above his emotion. And that was, I know who I serve. I know who my Lord is. I know his name. I know his power. I've seen seen him deliver many times before. I've seen him work and I've come to remind myself and remind you this morning that giants still die. There are certain things that you can battle with and get victory over. Amen. You may have to deal with his brother down the road or you may have to deal with his cousin down the road but you can get the victory over Goliath once and for all. The victory over that once and for all. I don't care how big his armor was, how tall he stood. Nine foot nine went down with a nine, one inch, nine eighths, something like that, stone. I don't know how big it was. It's big enough to go find its right mark. The giant's there. He's big. He's intimidating. He's there. But I've come to remind you today that giants still die because God is still God. Giants die because God is still our healer. So if God is still our healer, then giants like High blood pressure and heart disease, cancer. I want you to hear today. It's time to say I don't just have to look at this and say that this is going to whip me, that this is going to get me. Let's remind the giant we serve the healer. We serve the healer. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. I believe we can still believe in everything that the Lord has for us. You've come too late to tell me God doesn't do it. I've watched it. I've seen it. I've experienced it in my own life. Amen. Giants die. Giants die. Giants die because God is still the way maker. God is still the almighty. God is still the alpha and omega, the beginning and the ending, which is and was and is to come. What does that mean? God is still I am. I am. I am. God is still faithful and true. God is still the everlasting father and the prince of peace. God is still creator and counselor. God is still my hope. So the giant 
giant of depression goes down. So the giant of despair goes down. God is still my hiding place so I can find rest in the middle of my storm. God is still the master, the master of everything, the master and redeemer. He is still God, the rock and my shield and my shepherd and my king. God is still God so giants still I've told you before often, almost without fail, it's an exception for me not to wake up in the morning with a song in my mind. This morning I woke up with the song and even the voice of Brother Harold Shepherd singing it. I will make the darkness light before thee. What is wrong I'll make it right before thee. And the high place I'll bring down. So I began to think, you know what? That sounds like a word to me. Isaiah 42 and verse 13 says, And I will bring the blind by the way they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. Amen. If you're dealing with a giant, he'll kill it. If you're dealing with darkness, he'll bring light. It Whatever it is you're battling today, I've come to remind you, he's still God. So giants still die. Thank you, Jesus. Our problem hear me, is not God's power. Our problem is not the enemy's impressive size. Our issue is are we afraid to run when we don't feel like it? Will we speak in faith when we don't feel faith? As long as I'm happy, I'm victorious. As long as I got this, I'm victorious. As long as I got money, I'm victorious. No. Our issue is, can we believe? There's no problem with having problems with unbelief because I remember the man that went to the Lord and said, Lord, would you help? I, I, I believe, but help my unbelief. doesn't mean my faith is perfect. It just means somewhere I got to dust myself off. Go after the bear, go after the lion, and then go after the giant. It may be a little thing, or it may be a big thing. But don't be afraid to trash talk the enemy. Oh, if I talk like that, if I say those kinds of words, everybody going to think I'm crazy. Say it. Declare it. Speak it in faith. I am going to win in this. I am going to overcome. God's still God and giants still die. Stand with me, please. The psalmist said like this, 91 and 11, for he 
shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and adder, the young lion and the dragon shalt thou trample under feet, because he hath set his love upon me. Therefore will I deliver him. I will set him on high, because he hath known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. Will I satisfy him and show him my salvation? Perhaps there have been giants that got a hold of some folks and destroyed their life just simply because they didn't know giants still die. Perhaps there are those that are battling with things in this room this morning that looks out of your control, beyond what you can do, and you're limited in your ability. I've come with a message today. God's still God, and giants still die. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Hey,